0: Hey, B. Mm-hmm. can I ask you a question? Always. What's the one thing when we travel that we always make sure we find?
1: Oh, coffee. You know, bad coffee makes my brain angry.
0: And We've been a lot of places.
1: We've had a lot of coffee.
0: But when we're home, there's only one place that we get coffee from.
1: Yeah, Hacienda Real in Costa Rica.
0: We found this place when we were in Costa Rica a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's a micro roastery. Using only Costa Rican beans. Their blend is a mix of Arabica and Peaberry. And if you don't know about Peaberry, you need to find out about it because Mm. it is amazing. Takes all
1: the bitterness out. All
0: the bitterness out. And we place orders and it's shipped directly to our door.
1: You can get light, medium, or dark roast. You can get ground. You can get whole bean. And it is roasted to order. So... There is a date stamped on your coffee so you know when it was roasted and bagged. It's good for a year after you order it, and it is the best coffee that we have ever had.
0: So click the link in our show notes or go to goldenbean.net and use the offer code COFCHR20 for 10% off your order.
1: Hacienda Real, keep your brain happy. Hey, Dante. Hey, B. Looking pretty smart in your undies.
0: Thanks, I've been doing my deds.
1: <laughs> oh, I can see that. But it's not just what's in them, it's what's on them.
0: Oh, yeah, I got on my smart ass undies. They're not just super comfy, they've got cheeky motivations on them that keep me in the right state of mind. Oh,
1: yeah, like we could all use a little brain lift these days, am I right? They're also lovingly made from sustainable, low impact materials, so we can love the planet and cover our asses all at the same time.
0: Motivate your ass with smart ass undies. Click the link in the show notes or on the Things We Love page on our website.
1: And remember to enter the discount code CheatingOnFear10 for 10% off your order.
0: Smartass undies.
1: Cheeky and comfy.
0: dante
1: oh and i'm beatrice
0: and this is cheating up here
1: and we're welcoming back dr tom Murray. it's been too long
0: way, way too long way too long way too long
1: and we're just having giggles about some crazy shit that's going on and we're just wondering are people okay
0: Yeah, are people okay there's some weird stuff going on
1: dr tom are people okay
2: some are some aren't <laughs> <laughs> and thankfully so they helped me to stay in business yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah. We were just talking about how you're back in your lovely office and which we've never seen
0: from remotely. No. All of our chats have been at the home office. So this is, this is nice. This is where the magic happens. This is it. Comfy couch. And yeah, I like it.
1: So what's going on with you? Tell us, tell us what's been happening. I I mean, we were, we couldn't believe it when we looked at the calendar and it'd been a year since we've spoken almost. So um, (sighs) what I know what's going on with you?
2: It's just been a crazy year. You know, I'm just so glad to really that being able to see people face to face, Mm -hmm. that's a a real joy. But I've been working uh, in the business. My business has certainly grown since being on your show and have finally pushed forward this book concept that I think we're going to be able to talk about today, Making Nice with Naughty.
1: Making Nice with Naughty. Love it.
2: Yes. Helping people who are just really, you know, who are wound tight to let loose so that can have more fun in the bedroom. Mm. And you know, isn't that what uh, I imagine a lot of people are are wanting to just, you know, kick it up.
1: So what, what was the impetus for you to move forward with that now? Did, was it sort of a lot of the clients that you were talking to over, over this period of the last couple of years and just trying to deal with, in many cases, an overwhelming amount of stress in trying to keep their their sex lives going, or it's it, it it's been incredibly difficult for so many people to maintain long term and short term relationships during this time, right and.
2: Oh. Especially when people are living and working with, the, with their partner uh, 24/ 7, I mean there's, it, it's a naturally a, a loss of eroticism because part of what makes attraction have its place is a certain degree of obstacle. Mm. <laughs> when you can easily have access to something like you know going to the beach. if you live at the beach, you're not going to go to the beach. Right. you can always go
0: tomorrow. Yeah, it's always there.
2: Right. So a lot of people's spouses or partners become the beach after a while. Hmm. You're thinking, oh, I can just do, I, I'll focus on what needs to be done today because the beach is always going to be here. So my partner is always going to be here. I don't need to invest in it. Of course, unfortunately, that creates its own set of problems. But you had asked, you know, what kind of spurred this idea And it actually came about in part from the pandemic. Six months into the pandemic, I was working with a couple and uh, it dawned on me that I asked a question. I said, are you be careful parents or are you have fun parents? So I've been again playing with that question. And I found that I could predict with a considerable accuracy, whether a couple was having a satisfying sex life based on their answer to the question of are you a be careful parent or a have fun parent. Wow. And What I found is that those who were who lean, be careful, were more likely to have unsatisfying sex lives.
1: I am unsurprised at that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just the no funnigan parents we yeah. all know them, don't we? Be
0: careful, be careful, be careful, you know, yeah, just... yeah. huh
1: so interesting and so the ones that were like go have fun in fact go have fun with your earphones on those were the ones where it was like yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) there's there's an old there's an old um Cialis commercial where you see a a teenaged kid sitting at he's gaming and his dad comes down and he just cranks the volume way up and then leaves and is like okay now we're good yeah now we're good (laughs) that's so yeah that's really interesting
2: I had a couple today and I asked that question, are you a be careful parent or have fun parent? And they, were, they said, be careful. And like so many couples, they were having sex fairly infrequently, maybe just a, a handful of uh, times a year. And I explained how that meets the technical definition of a sexless relationship, when you have sex on average less than once a month. And their excuse was, well, you know, now they have teenagers. And I'm like, I asked, well, how old are your kids? And I'm like, their kids are the same age as mine. <laughs> and that's not an excuse for me. <laughs>
1: and you, you don't, you don't want to flex in a session and go, um,
2: I have sex all the time. So
1: <laughs> I don't know what your problem is.
2: <laughs> and 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 it's like, well, your kids don't know you have sex. I mean, you know, it's this kind of this rule orientation, and that's really. You know, making nice with naughty is is geared specifically to people who I would call over controlled, Mm. right over controlled, meaning that they tend to lean rule, you know, have a rule orientation about how the world should be must be and has to be. And I think I may have mentioned this on a previous episode, they're the ones that go behind their partner to rearrange the dishwasher. (laughs) No, because it wasn't, you know, they didn't do it right. And and not that being over-controlled is bad. You know, there's a lot of, in fact, in our culture, uh, many of the features of an over-controlled person are seen as virtues, right? Right, you know, highly work, you know, highly detailed oriented, hardworking, dependable. All of those things can be really appreciated in our culture. But when it comes to intimate relationships, where vulnerability might have to, may be a part of, of establishing that relationship, then they kind of they distance away from that, whatever makes them feel vulnerable. Mm.
1: And are these rules self-imposed or are they remnants of their upbringing or, or expectations that have been put on them previously? Because it sounds like they've, and I know people like this that have created They create a prison for themselves with all these rules that they that are really quite arbitrary. And there's no real consequence for breaking those rules, except perhaps a more satisfying sex life is what Mm -hmm. you're saying.
2: (laughs) All over-controlled people are to some degree hoarders,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: but they may hoard different things. Some people hoard stuff. Right. And, And they do it on the premise of, oh, I might need it in the future or someone else might need it. And so I don't want to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Others hoard time. I got to save time. That's a waste of time. We got to stay on time so they, they can hoard time in that way. But what they all have in common is that they're really hoarding safety and security. Mm. What will make me feel safe and secure? So all of those rules are the, the belief is I have to have those rules because I ultimately need to feel safe and secure. And if I don't have the rules, I feel vulnerable, right? And I don't like to feel vulnerable. So I need you to abide by the rules, or I have to abide by the rules.
1: Would you say that this is a bit of a, a how to more of a practical guide to getting over that and, and, and giving them some maybe exercises to do or things to do to get past that?
2: That's exactly right. So for a lot of people, they were told their whole life, their whole childhood, don't be naughty. Hmm. In essence, don't break the rules,
1: Hmm.
2: right? And so making nice with naughty is really about making nice with the idea that awkward is your friend. Anxiety is your friend. Experimentation, imperfection, all of these things are your friend. Coloring outside of the line, that's your friend. If you're going to want a more satisfying and meaningful sex life.
1: Hmm. I I know with us, I think one of the, one of the things that I like best about how we relate in that way is a sense of playfulness Mm -hmm. and not everything has to be perfect. I think porn can be really helpful for a lot of people, but I also think it can create that sense of everything has to be super serious and sexy and perfect and the angles are amazing, mm-hmm. and the truth is, it's just not like that all the time. Sometimes it might be, but I love our ability to laugh when something doesn't look or go the way you envisioned it. There, there's that Will Smith. I saw that going differently in my mind, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's that that's not. <laughs> I don't think I pictured it like that. I think this, is like, yeah. So, and and to be able to have a laugh together and be vulnerable together and that
0: creates a connection.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think it does. And then you can move forward and and get right back into it. Right. I think a lot of people think, well, it's ruined now.
2: Right. That's right. That that's called the fatalistic mindset. What you described the two of you have is what is much more of that flexible mindset. So that, that oh, this isn't how I wanted it. So I'm backing out. I'm shutting down. Mm-hmm. I'm retreating. That would be that more fatalistic approach. Other people take a fixed approach. They have the fixed mindset, which is, I don't care what just happened. I got a goal. I'm going to shoot for it. <laughs> right. And they're they're making the goal more important than the experience. And so you might hear, I hear clients talk about delayed ejaculation, like they yeah. can't have an ejaculation because they're, they're they're so they're thinking when is it going to happen when is it going to happen and they're all up in their heads about it or if they had an experience where they didn't get an erection then it's like oh I'll, what if I don't get an erection the next time and so there's 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 so many rules about sex in fact I it, you know I call it sexual perfectionism hmm. so which is essentially four types I have to be sexually perfect my partner has to be sexually perfect. I think my partner thinks I have to be sexually mm-hmm. perfect mm. or society expects me to be sexually perfect. And those forms of sexual perfectionism can really be significant obstacles for people who already lean over controlled, which tends to be perfectionists in general. It,
1: it's interesting. That, that reminds me of a couple of things. One, Dr. Wednesday Martin talks about in her book about women's desire hinges a lot on how she feels about herself in that moment. And a a lot of if they're having sex with men, a lot of their male partners sort of mistake not wanting to have sex or be sexual as not being attracted to him. And I think when you talked about, you know, the sexual perfectionism of, you know, my partner expects me to be perfect, to look perfect, to be, you know, to be hairless in all the right places, to be to to be wearing you know, lingerie whatever. And, and that, that's something that a lot of times women impose on themselves. And if it's not, if that level of perfection isn't reached, it's like, well, and all of the parts need to be, everything needs to be in the right place in order for, you know what I mean? Like the, the setting, the stage has to be perfect. And if all of those things are not in place, then it's not going to happen.
2: And if one, if one or both feel awkward, they think, oh, sex you know awkward doesn't belong in the bedroom and so if it's here we're not going to do anything when in fact awkward can be a real opportunity for the kind of intimacy that they actually want to have yeah. independent of the sex
1: wow i mean i i ta- i talked a little bit about porn but do you do you know where that kind of comes from that that sexual perfection is that just misconceptions about what sex is supposed to be because the other thing i was thinking of was dan savage talking about this broad definition of what sex is. I think, do you find that with this perfectionism, there's a very narrow definition that sex is basically penetration of a penis into a vagina and anything outside of that is an just orgasm. with an orgasm and anything else is just disappointment.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, where does it come from? It's multifactorial. I don't think it's one thing for all people. Uh, certainly, there's a bio biological element to that overcontrolled tendency, you know, for wanting safety and security, etc. But how those we internalize those messages, whether it's from family, church, religion, other religious institutions, school, community, all of those have an impact on what people think is normal, and then there, you know, another. Aspect of over controlled people is they have a high degree of social comparison. How do I compare to other people? Right. We were talking earlier about Naked Attraction, the British dating show, and there was a contestant on the show who called her Volva hamburger because her inner lips extended beyond her majora. So she called it a hamburger. And later in the show, at the end of the show, she did, the, there's a recap. And what Ended up, she had, had labiaplasty to trim back the the inner lips, and then conserved those lips and turned it into a necklace, and putting it in an epoxy. Oh <laughs> but, you
0: know. Wow.
2: Eh? But, <laughs> to your to your point, we have this. This I think what porn can do is it you know I call it porn pussy. You know that idea that yeah. there's. Uh, there's a, a, a type of vulva that is perfect. And if you don't have it, there's something wrong with you rather than
0: everybody's vulva looks different. They're all different. They're all different. Great. Yeah, That's yeah. the mystery and wonder.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think that's something that I like, I'm curious too. We've talked to a few people recently and, and. It's
2: supposed to be cheating on fear, not cheating on Tom.
1: Ah! <laughs> we have an open relationship. That's it. <laughs> you're still our favorite (laughs) i think uh like we'll ask you know well, what does this look like in you know couples that are in non-traditional relationships and they all go oh i don't know we haven't done that research we haven't
0: studied that we haven't
1: studied that yet we don't know and you know again i think whether you're going to do anything with your partner or with any other person at a sex club it's important that everybody goes once in their lives to just see how different everybody is and and like that there's all kinds of of stuff going on and that it's all okay and it's all cool and it's all good and i think you know so many people are in their own little bubble as far as what sex is supposed to be and when you open up that experience a little bit and you're in that kind of environment and you see i think what you were talking about with naked attraction where you see all manner of bodies all manner of dyads Couples, throuples, groups—any you know—with all kinds of different makeups. I think it's quite a, a an education in opening your mind up to to what is possible and and what's. I'm using air bunnies here. Normal, right? Because you're right. I think people are so scared about being weird or being an outlier.
2: That's exactly right. That fear element is so seductive. That's the other part of my book. I you know, I, ultimately as a therapist, my primary goal is to help people understand how their mind works, right? So that they can be better consumers of their own mind chatter. And one of the ways that the mind or ego operates is that it it uses fear to seduce you out of the present moment, Hmm. making you focus on the, the calamity of the next moment so that you're driven to want to prevent that calamity, which is not, has never happened, Right. And so for a lot of people, they're like, oh, I don't want to feel humiliated, embarrassed in the next moment. So I'm going to not do something in this moment, which is really anxiety living their life for them versus they're they're deciding for themselves. Maybe I do want to walk down a nude beach and just see what that's like. Right. I've rarely met anybody who regretted getting nude on a nude beach. (laughs) They, they experience a lot of anxiety about it, but if they can lean into that anxiety and then they do it, they're like, oh, wow, this is there's a feeling of liberation.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well,
1: and that's where confidence comes from. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, you know, courage isn't when you're not scared. Courage is when you are scared and then you do it and then you go, oh, wow, like I did that thing. And I, I think you're right, like overcoming that sense of of impending calamity and go, oh, I, this is actually fine. Did you want to share? Well, yeah, because I was thinking,
0: (laughs) you know what I'm going to say. I do. I do know. There's a there's a like an adult lifestyle club in the heart of our city. You just call it sex club. It's sex club. It actually it's actually it's located in the kind of gay village of Toronto. And it was a bathhouse. Mm -hmm. And then they converted into a sex club. -hmm. And it's got an outdoor pool and a patio, a rooftop pool. Yeah, like a rooftop pool. And then it's got all sorts of play spaces inside. And I remember the first time we went there, Mm -hmm. I, and it's clothing optional, like nobody, nobody's going to make you get naked, but obviously you can. And a lot of people do. And I was that person who was like in a bathing suit, kind of walking on the pool deck, lots of naked people around. And then over the course of like the morning, got comfortable and yes, we went in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Cause you make a day in of case it. you missed it. Yeah. <laughs> we were
1: the minute it opened up. Yeah. We were there Well, because oh. it
0: was, it's summertime and you know, and, and it's nice. That's
1: yeah. what happens when you get controlled types that go
0: <laughs> to the sex. Want to get a good spot. Well, yeah. It you know, was only so much furniture. Yeah. Right. But you're right. You get that confidence. And anytime we've gone since then, you can always spot the new people to the place Mm -hmm. because they all walk out in the exact same way. Mm -hmm. And some of them get to the point where they feel comfortable enough and they want to get naked and other people don't. And that's totally fine, Mm -hmm. but it is such an indicator of, you know, if you wanted to be a good kind of ambassador to start a conversation, because they're having all of these sorts of things in their head going like, what the fuck am I doing here? Mm. And what is going on? Right. Never mind that there's two people fucking on like you know the chaise lounger that, right there. That
1: that 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 upped your comfort level very quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it does, eh? <laughs> so it's it's interesting that that progression and how that changes your mindset after that. Because if you can be naked in public in a appropriate space, mm-hmm. then there's really not much you can't do. Like you can't find the confidence to do.
1: That's such a funny thing. I've never met anyone who's went, who's, who's said, wow, I, I really wish I wish I'd never gone to that new beach. I don't think.
2: Right. I, I, you know, what we all really want is to feel alive. Mm we all just deeply want to feel alive. And so many of us, we can still be over controlled. We can still be heavily influenced by fear, but that doesn't stop the desire the, the desire to experience all right. Agreed. It's just that we're told that our culture says the epitome of success is safety and security, hmm. right? When, that aliveness, I think, is so is when you're when you're just constantly focused on safety and security, you don't experience the aliveness.
1: well, it goes back to what you were saying at the beginning about the idea of obstacle, whether it's an obstacle with a partner or your own obstacles. If you can get over that, that obstacle of being afraid or being awkward, then the payoff is so much is so much better and not to be stupid or, or reckless, but yeah, that's, that's such a great point that you make that. Yeah. We just want that sense of awe and especially, you know, after the last couple of years going through all that together, we just, yeah. And the nice thing is though, when you start to appreciate everything around you and find that joy in everything around you, I find that that kind of fires you up in your sex life too. Like we had such a great time just going shopping together and talking to people and looking at things and picking them up and putting them back down. Like something that was like so fraught before was like, Oh my God, this is so nice and appreciating in each other, just the joy of, of living of finding the awe and like, you know, Oh, isn't this amazing? What a gorgeous day. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? And look at this. And, I think it all feeds into itself where you start to feel alive. And then I think
0: it's a positive feedback loop. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I think it's, I think that's what, when people talk about feeling super horny after a funeral, right? Cause I know, I know, I know it sounds gross, but it's like, what do you mean
0: after a funeral? What What? do you
1: mean? Not to during?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'd
0: say (laughs) the (laughs) real death.
1: But Right where it's like you need, you want something affirming, life affirming. Yeah. At that point, there's just like, uh, right. You know, want, wanting to feel that aliveness. Like that now that sounds awful because <laughs> <'cause>
2: there's
0: deadness. <laughs> there dead, there's, deadness there's, there's, there? de- there's
1: deadness. There's deadness. there's such a bad influence on us.
2: You know? <laughs> Whatever gets you. Well, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Most people, I think, are walking around this planet relatively unconscious. Yeah. You know, they're just so wrapped up in their mind chatter, so worried about this, that, or the other thing that what you just described a moment ago of just enjoying the birds, the sunlight, the environment as it is, you can, that's where awe can be extracted when you're open and available to it but the mind you know being the way that the mind operates just wants you to be either in past or future mm. right if it over focuses on the past you tend to feel depressed if it over focuses on the future you tend to feel anxious but when you can come into the present moment and be available to what is that's where you find ah and i think that for a lot of people, sex has that capacity. It pulls you into the present moment, Mm -hmm. but for a lot of people, their mind still gets in the way and then they develop sexual problems.
1: You'll love this. We think of you during our morning fast food sessions, (laughs) it's not fast food because the last time we talked, we were talking about that because sometimes the only time that we have is before I have to go to work and it's like i you know it's like well i feel bad because you know my mind is somewhere else you know or, or it gets to somewhere else and another and it's like well that's okay like if we only have this much time like you were saying it doesn't have to have it doesn't have to end in orgasm for it to be satisfying mm-hmm. it doesn't have to it doesn't have to have this narrow definition of of what a sexual encounter yep. is for it to be valuable and for it to connect you and that was such a helpful you know to think of it as like let's just have our fast food this morning before my work brain kicks in. And I stopped feeling like I was depriving him of something. And it was, and it was so nice. And I would, I would think of, of what you would say, what you said about that, about how, no, there's nothing wrong with that. There's what's wrong with having a little bit of fast food sex in the morning and, and having that connection and taking that with you in your day. And it's, it's really changed my mindset about how I feel about that in the morning. And, and, and as a result, my brain doesn't wander as much as it used to mm-hmm. in the morning, because I'm not focused on everything that he's not getting, or I'm not getting during those, you know, what, what is it like? 20 minutes, yeah, 15, 20, 20 minutes? 25
0: minutes, maybe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's, you know, and it makes me feel good that he respects my timelines too. And I don't yeah. have to feel anxious about being late or, or forgetting something because I'm busy you know, we're pushing up against the clock.
2: And you can see for a lot of people where the belief that sex has to include an erection, it has to include orgasms, it has to include, uh, when you free yourself from those, the confines of those uh, requirements and be like, sex is about pleasure, and that's it.
0: Yeah, whatever Mm -hmm. form.
2: Are we having a good time? Am I having a good time? Are you having a good time? That's. That's the necessary requirement,
1: right? And the sufficient requirement, yeah. And I, I think that 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 was that was so such an important shift. And when people can start to and and again, I think that that came from that sense of perfectionism that it always had to be always had to include all those elements. And when people realize, oh no no no, you don't have to have that. And it doesn't seem so, I think when people are so busy and they're so overwhelmed with everything else that's going on in their lives, and it just seems so onerous, I'm like, oh, I just don't have time for that. If you don't have time for the whole thing, like, just forget it. And I think most people, if, once they realize that they can have that sometimes, and then when on the times when you do have all morning or all afternoon mm-hmm. or fine all the dining,
2: that's ten- Yeah, mm, fine yeah. Dining, yeah.
1: <laughs> little steak dinner <laughs> <laughs> with all the fixings. Yeah. So that, that, that's a huge, that's a huge shift, I think. And, and people are starting to get busy again. Yeah. And it, it, it does, it does impact things, right? Like we,
2: we, it does, it impacts it only to what a lot of people do, particularly who are in committed relationships, they start to organize their relationship around Their other commitments Mm -hmm. versus organizing those other commitments around their relationship, and when they take that point of view of is this good for our relationship, then you decide differently. Yeah, you know one of the things that I, I I've pressed upon a lot of my couples of late is 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 to remind them that marriage is about one thing and one thing only or commitment, whether it's marriage or not, is really about one thing and one thing only. And it's not love. You can be, you know, married or committed to someone without, you can be in love with someone without being committed or Mm -hmm. or married to them. And it's not about being happy. There are a lot of of unhappily committed married people. (laughs) So it's not about, uh, love or happiness—it's really about making each other's life easier. Hmm. Can how do how can I make your life easier? And the assumption is, if both of you are asking that question, then there's mm-hmm. a synergy there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That, but of course, that's only one flip of the one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is I want to avoid making your life harder. So, it's not only how can I make your life easier, but also I want to avoid making your life harder. And, and that, again, privileges the relationship. How am I showing up in ways that make it easy for you to want to stay? Mm. Mm -hmm. Or am I showing up in ways that make it harder for you to want to stay? That's the level of personal responsibility that can be challenging for a lot of people when it comes to being in a committed relationship.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. I don't know if you've ever heard the Chris Rock bit where he said, people always say to me, relationships are hard. He's like, no, they're not. Relationships are easy when both people want to be in it. You ever tried to move a couch by yourself? It's impossible. (laughs) (laughs) You have two people moving a couch? No problem. Right. And I thought, I mean, like, I don't love everything he does, but I thought that I thought that that was a really interesting take. And to your point, if I'm trying to make your life better and you're trying to make my life better,
0: everybody's getting better.
1: Yeah. who Who's who's losing out on that? Yeah. People that want to hang out with us. That's, that's <laughs> the, that's the, that's the only
2: now, what happens, though, is a lot of people, particularly overcontrolled people, will think, I know what will make your life easier
1: Mm. rather
2: than asking what will make your life easier. They'll impose their beliefs on the other person and be like, I do all of this, but then I have to ask the question, what's the return on the investment?
0: Mm.
2: If you're doing all of this, but it's a low return because you haven't really been asking the other person what would make their life easier, then all you're going to end up with is resentment.
1: Do you have a couple of examples of things that people commonly do where they think it's helping and it's really just not?
2: Well, I think, you know, again, it's usually a, in terms of volume. I if I make my partner's lunch every day, but I don't really like what they pack. <laughs> 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 yes.
0: Salad again.
1: Yeah. The
0: one is a pudding cup. Yeah. <laughs> Without a spoon. Yeah. <laughs>
2: and and so they'd be like i'm putting all this effort in making your lunches every day and you don't appreciate it right
1: (laughs) and people are and people want to go i hate your lunches (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's yeah that's a great example the one that i hear a lot i mean i'm addicted to tiktok so you know well, I go out and, and work every day. I go to work every day. And you go, okay, that's a contribution to the household, but not to our relationship.
2: Are you saying if we weren't together, you wouldn't work? Exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that, yeah, it's it's such an interesting thing if you if you think of it in that way. And and that's something that I've learned, I learned that from, from Jana from Soul Searching and Squats. Mm-hmm. Her languaging was was a lesson for me when people are going through something or something happens. She used to do this for me and now I've done it to other people because I think it's or I think it's so important. And and to your point, what you were saying, I'll ask people, how can I support you right now? What is it that you need right now that I can that I can give you or that I can do to support you? And sometimes it's nothing close to what you would assume that they need. And it's such a powerful thing because I think, and most people, it's so amazing because a lot of people don't ask because they're like, oh, I don't want to. Yeah. But they'll say, just you asking is enough.
2: We all want to be seen. Mm-hmm. We want to be seen. And when we feel like our partners don't see us, you know, I think there's nothing worse than feeling alone in a relationship.
0: Oh, God. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> I think we've all been there. Feel, feel like the loneliest person on the planet. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's like, could you go out so I don't feel so alone? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I got a lot of cringy shit today, don't I? Yeah. yeah, you're right. Sorry to interrupt. Keep going.
2: I don't think I had a particular. <laughs> <laughs> I just have brilliant one-liners. That, yeah. is
1: fun. that is true. That is true. You do have brilliant one-liners. Speaking of which. Can you tell us about your teaching now?
2: Yes, a teaching uh, for Adler University. They have just started a, a sex therapy certification program. Oh, cool! And uh, really excited about they're infusing. You know, most sex therapy training programs are post master's programs associated with these various institutes, not necessarily direct, uh associated with uh, standard universities. And so, it's nice to see. Uh, what Adler's doing to help put out more sex positive sexual health professionals.
1: Wow. And how, how did that come about? Was that something that you were actively pursuing or did they come to you or how did that work?
2: It was a, it was a little combination of both. I had uh, looked at another opportunity at Adler and they just asked me if I was interested in teaching for their sex therapy program.
1: How are you finding that? How are you finding the students?
2: It's, uh, I'm so impressed by the level of sophistication that they bring already, you know, it's it's, as their familiarity with sexual information, I think is just phenomenal, uh, particularly given that, you know, some are doctoral students, some are master's level students. And so, but, you know, my, my uh, teaching assistant is a master's level and I'm like, wow. Like you really, it's impressive that you know what you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's really encouraging that uh, this is what's happening.
1: Yeah, because I, I think, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on in some of the states
0: oh, geez,
2: that, yeah. are,
1: that are kind of making that go backwards.
2: Don't say gay law. I mean, yeah. what yeah. the hell?
1: Can we talk about that for a second? I mean, we're north of the wall, so we're kind of a little bit removed from that. But can you ex- explain what's going on with that?
2: They're just, from what I understand that, and this is, Florida is is just an example of a lot of uh, communities that are really reactive to any sexual health information that may also include talking about other ways of showing up sexually. You know, people think five-year-olds aren't sexual beings, well five year olds are sexual beings they 're not sexual in the same way that an adolescent or a young adult or an adult is, but you know the, the, we're we're sexual beings twenty four seven sometimes that may be expressed too in terms of gender, and so not all children aren't always the gender that they were assigned at at birth and so having they they are shunning these all these conversations or books et cetera it's like the Scopes Monkey Trial all over again. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with that. And in American history, in U.S. history, about 100 years ago, there was this whole trial about whether evolution should be taught in schools. And uh, of course, the ruling was that evolution should not be taught in schools you know obviously that's a uh, change you know dramatically but still there are probably communities i suspect who still believe that evolution should only be thought strictly as a a theory that is uh, taught alongside creationism
0: yeah. yeah which is also another theory that you know should be part of the balanced view of things you know for the proponents of it it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me this when you look at the broad kind of distinctions between the political parties the two-party system in the u.s that that the right is supposed to be the party of like smaller government less involvement more freedoms you know those kinds of things and yet what they're pushing is like only if it's my freedom like fuck your freedom (laughs) to be gay or to be the gender that you believe you are or or to be yeah like that no me yes like with guns and stuff yes but your gay stuff no fuck off like and i just it's the hypocrisy makes my head spin that in the same sentence they can they can pivot like that and we saw it up here i mean you probably saw uh we made the news all over the place with the trucker convoy in in ottawa where occupation occupation sorry where Unironically, they were using the the pro-choice slogan of my body, my choice for the reason not to get vaccinated. And I'm like, great, I can't wait for the abortion debate to come up again. And and the same people who are who were anti-vaccine because it's their body are gonna say, Well, no, 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 we gotta tell you what to do with your body because we don't like what you're doing with your body. And it's just that I, I can't, I don't know, man. It I have to go, I know I have to go in like small news chunks when it comes because I just The more I I look into it, the the, the don't say gay law, which DeSantis defended vigorously, like it doesn't say that in the bill, but effectively, you know, whatever. It's only it only allows age appropriate discussion with no definition of what age appropriate discussion is on sexuality and those kinds of things. And Governor Abbott in Texas with the criminalizing, you know, parents who want to help their children with gender care, with gender care, it's like. Why do you care? If you don't like it, don't do it. This this has to be this has to be such a small subset of the population that they are over legislating for what reason? In in the US, you know, it's an election year. Yeah.
2: And w- during election years, it's all about social issues, things that fire up their base. Yes.
1: What do they call them? Wedge issues? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Good distractions
2: distractions and there's this framing of moral crises
0: mm-hmm.
2: right everything is a moral crisis and how our society is slowly degrading because of the liberal
0: agenda oh m&ms you know they're making the female m&ms characters less sexual i can't believe they they reported that with this that tucker carlson devoted <laughs> a whole segment to that right. you're like Bro, it's a it's a piece of candy, man. Why why what?
1: Why does it have to be in high? Why does it have to
0: be sexy to you? (laughs) Like what? It's gingerbread person. No, it's a gingerbread man. It's a cookie, man. It's a cookie. It's a cookie. Oh
2: yeah. it's like? We have the attack on Christmas too. That every once in a while shows up. You know,
0: which which is not a thing. There's nobody out there who's who's protesting Christmas. Uh, if I'm protesting anything, it's that Christmas is coming too soon in the stores. R- okay, well, there's that. I mean, Halloween's not even done, and it's Christmas. You know
1: what? It, I, I don't know if it's different for you guys, but for us, because in Canada, Thanksgiving comes before Halloween. Uh-huh. So November 1st, the Christmas stuff is in. So we have Halloween, and then it's Christmas. And it seems like Christmas doesn't really get rolling until it's getting closer to Thanksgiving, right? In 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 the states but for us we have thanksgiving in early october so it's christmas comes way too early in canada but that's i mean
0: i like christmas so that's okay. i know you do
1: <laughs> but even you your your birthdays in december you yeah. don't start doing christmas shit until after your birthday that's over. right he's not gonna he's not gonna be out outshined by baby jesus or anyone nope no <laughs> but yeah it's you know we were watching john oliver and he didn't get into detail but like Thirty-three states in 2021 had passed anti-LGBTQ laws, and it's like, who's looking? Like you talk about distraction. I think a lot of these laws are being passed with barely any notice of what's going on.
2: Well, and I think what you see again. Uh, I'm not sure how it works in a parliamentary system, but in the, in the U.S., we have this concept called gerrymandering, and, yeah. and with the census, every every 10 years, state legislatures get to draw congressional maps. And they usually draw them in favor of the party in power. And both parties do this. It isn't yes. specific to, to one or the other. But the point is, is that uh, they draw them with these this concentration of one particular party. And then that is what sets the agenda. Yeah right? You want your voters to be as engaged and pissed off, really, yeah. which to me, you know, we can either be pushed by fear or pulled by vision. And, and for a lot of people, this kind of fear-based, what, what can we make people afraid of, you know, is, that's what's, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm somewhat surprised of our, if I may, somewhat lackluster response to the Ukrainian crisis. You know, as as Mm -hmm. American, given our tradition of being quite hawkish, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not very sexy talk, but
1: (laughs) no, but I think I I think a lot of these things are connected. And I think I mean, I don't I don't know what what's causing that, because I think there's division within the U.S. about which side is the right side of this conflict. And I think in conflicts of the past there wasn't as much of a discussion or a debate about which side was the right side.
2: When I hear Tucker Carlson and others really seem to downplay Putin's involvement and, and then tie the current Ukrainian crisis to the, the presidents uh, of Ukraine's involvement in the Trump impeachment mm-hmm. You know, it's like oh, geez. Now, I don't know if you know this about me, but I used to be a, a former social studies teacher, and so I, you know, I quite enjoy politics and Thanks. and uh, current events, and uh, to almost too much because I think you know f- this has been going on now for nearly three weeks, and mm-hmm. it's really just sad what's happening. I think we also we need to pay attention to kind of the the subtle racism. That we're giving it a lot of attention, I think, in part because they're whites. Yep, It's uh, and, and in many parts of the con- and world, rather, there are a lot of uh, non-whites who uh, have been experiencing, you know, a level of violence on just a even much longer, persistent, consistent basis that they don't. We don't give them the amount of time and attention.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've been having these conversations because my children have never. Experience this kind of event in their short lives, and they ask me because they're young, not because because their days are numbered. No, no, yeah, yeah, no. But but they ask me like why why aren't we stopping Russia from from like why why aren't we helping Ukraine out more directly? Like enforcing a no-fly zone over Ukraine, and I had to explain the. I mean, we grew up in the '70s and '80s in the Cold War, where you know the threat of mutually assured destruction was going was was what kept these powers in check. And explaining proxy wars to the kids is like, well, Russia and or USSR and America couldn't fight directly, so they funded one war in this country or this faction against another faction, and 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 it's it's such a complicated issue. And everybody is really just trying to like pump the brakes on it before it gets to, you know, a land war in Europe that involves more than two countries. Right. And but at the same time, that's cold comfort for the people who are who are living it on both sides. You know, the soldiers that were sent there with MREs that are older than them that expired in 2000 and 2002 and also the, the civilians MREs are
1: the meals, by the way. In, yes. case, in case the brave ones don't know what an is. Oh, yeah. Is. yeah, meal, But yeah,
0: like it's, uh, yeah. it's it's way too complicated. Yeah. I,
1: I mean, we, we have these kinds of political discussions all the time about mm-hmm. what what the right thing is to do. And 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 one would ask, what what does that have to do with anything else that we're talking about? But but it's it's all it's all about watching people make decisions that are going to affect a lot of people yeah. and how do we reconcile all of that and continue to be on one side or another it's, it makes it very very difficult and and there just seems to be so much division across so many areas of life now like that occupation in our capital city we were all like that was our january 6th where we were just like
0: unfortunately what, what we had to have
1: one. what is happening what is happening
2: Canadians, we don't do this. No. We're,
1: yeah. Like in other news, Canadians aren't being polite anymore. Like what is happening to our, <laughs> you know,
0: and it's. And, and there was hypocrisy. There's a lot of problems with that there in yeah. terms of, you know, there are, this is not the first time protests have happened. Not not certain, for, certainly first time on that scale in the capital. but there's indigenous land protest all the time that, that the government can conveniently swat down in in a matter of hours with the full force of every regulation and legislation available and yet we let this go on but we let this go on for almost a month in in ottawa Mm -hmm. and 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 why what's the difference is it you know it's it's impeding people's right to live yeah that's the justification to clear an indigenous blockade why isn't that the justification to clear a blockade in the capital of trucks that are blaring horns at all hours of the day yeah, just, for a month. just because they're having a party while they're doing it doesn't mean that it's okay. It's okay.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy, yeah, It was, I think, well,
2: I think what it all kind of comes back to is that what I was talking about earlier is this kind of unconsciousness mm. 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 that when we're unconscious, when we're uh, when, when the mind is much more interested in the wanting than it is in the having, it can really push us to do things that are i think quite regrettable you know that this that the next moment is much more important than this moment i got to have 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 you know uh, that that kind of grasping at things right and and so in whatever form it is right you know whether it's the truckers whether it's putin whether it's us and i got to have more uh votes and you know we don't tend to show up in very compassionate ways when we're much more interested in the next moment than in this one.
1: You know, if you hadn't told me before that you were a teacher, just the way you sewed that all up, (laughs) only teachers can do that. Only teachers can, can take all those things. I think you're absolutely right. The, I want what I want when I want it. And I think in a lot of cases too, because people have been, so isolated and separated from each other for so long. In so many cases, people just want to be a part of something and they're not entirely concerned with how damaging it may be or how wrong they may be. And I think that that is a crisis of connection and belonging in our society that we all need to heal from that and 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 move forward. And I I was going to ask you one more question just when we were talking about all the, the legislation and what is it that you think in the culture makes sex so terrifying that it needs to be, that it, it, it just screams for legislation? Like, do you, do you have any sense of, or any theories on what is it that makes it so terrifying for everyone where they feel like they just need to build a barbed wire fence around it?
2: The Bible, ah. you know, it, this isn't new, this is just an iteration of what's been happening for a long, long time in this kind of legislating sex, right? I mean, it began with that whole, the, the, you know, the notion of that sex is really about procreation. Mm. You know, for uh, hundreds of years, we've made sex performative. And you know, when, when there's a performance, then the possibility of failure now is a part of the equation and that sets up this dynamic that my experience of my sexuality is inter- is related to a prevailing institution or institutions however that is i cannot just be a sexual person in isolation but it's it's a an experience that exists within a context of other frames right and depending on the kinds of experiences you have that might alter some of the frame but but one cannot divest completely from the culture in which they they were raised or in which they were they they lived right so it's that that programming that what i also call domestication right so that we can be culturally domesticated but we also are intergenerationally domesticated so we're impacted on multiple fronts hmm. uh, but i think for a lot of people in a judeo christian culture particularly we can't escape the history that that religion has had on people's experience of, of sexuality.
1: Hmm. Yeah. It's quite, it's quite a, it's quite a profound effect. Mm -hmm. Even, even as people are hand wringing and pearl clutching that our society is becoming more secular, it still has such a profound effect on people's belief systems and their behaviors and their, and what stops them from having, it's so ironic that it, you know, it's if it's all about family and all about, you know, but it's putting relationships and families at risk.
2: Even If we we just look at some of the words that we use, virgin. Yes. Where does that come from? Right. (laughs) Right. But on the flip, though, a lot of people will use uh, religious terms to describe their sexual experience, such Mm. as ecstaticism or ecstatic, right? Mm-hmm. When you hear some people talk about their experience of sex, they use spiritual terms, right? So it's 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 so interesting how interrelated sex and faith can be,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and for some that can be incredibly liberating, and then for others it's 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 a kind of a prison that they find themselves in,
1: mm-hmm. because I, I would imagine that that's where a lot of those rules come from,
2: yeah. right? Yeah. If I do that, I'm bad. I'm a whore. I'm, you know, whatever it is, you know, I'm not allowed to enjoy sexuality. This is why we love WAP. Yeah.
0: <laughs> play that song. I like to
1: play that song. I liked when I was young.
0: <laughs> Retirement homes, in yeah. 30, or 40 years.
1: When can we look forward to your book?
2: I'm hope my fingers crossed. We're I'm about three quarters of the way done, so I'm looking that uh, early summer.
0: Oh wow! Wow, Moving that's
1: quick. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that's,
0: can't wait.
2: Yeah, I, we're gonna have to read through that. Are one. you gonna
0: Are you gonna do an audible uh, version? That's a great question. Read by <laughs> Dr. Tom Murray. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Because that's how I consume most of my books.
2: Yeah. My struggle is I have not yet come up with a subtitle. That is hard. Although the other day I thought maybe making nice with naughty, unleashing your inner ho, ho, ho.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. And then release it in time for Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) Which, which in Canada, that'll be November 1st. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. I can't wait. Well, we, we will look forward to having you back when that, when that, Uh, releases and we can chat again about that then and see what that um, process was like for you and and um, we will make sure that we read it and Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. try some of the 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 practical tips in there although I you don't seem to have a problem with your naughty you guys are really good friends actually (laughs) me and me and my naughty you and your naughty yeah you know going up at
2: the sex club at uh, noon yeah yeah
0: yeah. (laughs) Just free-balling it all the way through now, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) We got to put a towel down on the car seat. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us again. It was lovely to catch up with you. Yeah, we we swear to God, we'll be be faithful.
0: I can't believe it was so long. That was not the intention. Mm -mm. We'll have to make sure it's shorter next time. Mm
2: I'm so glad that you're back to doing the great work that you're doing. The world needs your message, and I'm so honored to be a part of it too. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you.
0: Very, that very means a lot. That. that means
1: a lot. Okay.
0: Thank we'll, you, Dr. Murray. We'll speak soon. Bye now.